most, if not all of my colleagues, most of my colleagues and other radio stations I was a part of were not doing. And so I was setting myself apart just by doing uh, this habit consistently and taking what I was learning and putting it in, into practice. And again, that got me noticed and afforded me the opportunity to do things that I'm sure other people would have loved the opportunity to do, but those opportunities came to me in large part because of the reading that I was doing. That was Jeff Brown, my new friend and probably soon become one of my best friends because we both love books and classical music. So if you want to know the details, you gotta listen to the podcast. For nearly 34 years, Jeff has earned his living behind a microphone. Yep, you heard me right. 34 years. First, as an award-winning broadcaster and more recently as an award-nominated podcaster, consultant, and speaker. In 2013, he launched the Read to Lead podcast, a four-time Best Business Podcast nominee featuring interviews with today's best business and non-fiction authors, including actor and author Alan Ada, Stephen M. R. Covey, Seth Golden, John Maxwell, Liz Wiseman, Gary Vaynerchuk, Simon Sinek, Brian Tracy, and over 300 more. He has leveraged his experience as a former on-air personality to not only forge a successful path of his own podcast, but also coach and mentor numerous other award-winning and nominated podcasters as well. Additionally, he has worked with several multi-million dollar businesses on the launch of their podcast, including two of largest churches in the U.S., and has even consulted the U.S. government. In 2016, Jeff was tapped by the largest university in Tennessee to begin teaching their brand new podcasting course. So as you can tell, Jeff is legit. <laughs> He's a real stuff. Now, in today's podcast, you are really in for a treat. We're going to talk about the behind the scenes journey of Jeff. And we also asked Jeff some very practical application when it comes to reading. After all, this consistent and intentional reading habit has built his whole career. So we asked him how did he do that and what are the steps to do so. Also, the advice that he gave to someone struggling or remember to execute on what they are reading. I mean, I'm guilty of it, aren't you? And also he shared about this coming book in August, Read to Lead, and so much more. Now, let's check with Jeff. Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Katie Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. 
Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you, Kelly, so much for having me here. I am excited. <laughs> I'm so excited and I'm super honored. Um, I'm so happy that our mutual friend, Mike Kim, somehow got us to start a talk. Yeah. Mike, I'm going to charge you sponsor fee, just <laughs> you know that. <laughs> Keep upon mentioning his name in the last couple of episodes. <laughs> and, you know, in the introduction, I already that uh, uh, you know, listeners and audience know that how awesome you are, <laughs> but we always love to hear that you know, your own journey mm. from yourself. So tell us a little bit about how did you arrive like today with this four-time best business podcast? <laughs> My goodness. I mean, that's the thing I can dream, dream of. <laughs> and the book is coming out. So share with us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, I spent uh, the better part of my adult life in uh, the, the radio industry, the broadcast industry. So, you know, I spent uh, 20 plus years on the air as, as a radio presenter or personality, to, uh, depending on which part of the world you come from. They have different names for it. Uh, that's where I sort of built my chops, if you will, uh, learning what it means to communicate effectively to people you can't see. Uh, from behind a, uh, this thing called a microphone. And so I honed that skill for about 25, 26 years. And then that career came abruptly to an end. Um, I had already had thoughts of, of, of planning to leave the company I was at. I had a great experience there, but I was looking to venture out on my own. And my wife and I set a, a, a date in the future, seven or eight months away. Uh, it seemed like a long time away uh, for me to seriously consider leaving the company. Well, just a couple of months after setting that date, I got let go. I got downsized. And so my, my timetable to leave and to venture out on my own got moved up by about six months. And I was just in the process already anyway, as a part of that, uh, beginning uh, planning a podcast. And the podcast would coincidentally uh, end up launching just about a month after I got let go. Uh, that, this would be July of 2013. And I just decided when that, that happened, I was going to figure this thing out. I was going to figure out, you know, how to make an income on my own one way or the other. And I've managed to do that now for, for eight years. And the podcast, as you hinted, Read to Lead, uh, has led to uh, the publication of a book, which uh, is out August 31st, also called uh, Read to Lead. And without the podcast, and the community and the platform that that has allowed me to build, I, I would not be here, you know, writing a book, publishing a book. So it's been a really incredible journey, especially for a guy who, when he you know, was younger, did not like reading very much at all. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, there was a time when I was very young, uh, my mother would read to us a lot and I enjoyed reading. I was fascinated with reading. My, my mother is even responsible for uh, helping uh, me with my first ever book club when I was a kid. My mom was kind of the leader of that, if you will. But then school has this way, and, and no disrespect to teachers. My sister's a teacher. Teachers are awesome. But I, I found that school educated out of me a desire to read because you're constantly having to read things that you're not interested in. And so when I got out of school in my 20s, I had no desire to read because I had spent so much time being forced to read things I didn't want to. It wasn't until my early 30s when I got introduced to Seth Godin, Liz Weissman, John Maxwell, people like that, that I went, oh, wow, there's actually stuff out there that I would enjoy reading. Let me try this. And so it just kind of grew from there. 
Wow, that is a surprise. <laughs> you know, I know that because both my daughter and I, we are bookworm.、Mm. You know, you know, and、uh, before, especially when we live in、uh, in USA, and you know, when we can get into that Barnes and Noble, you know, we can forget about anything. You know, that that that's like a playground for us. <laughs> Uh, same as when I was in Asia, still in Taiwan, we have even up to today. You know, I still told my kids that next time when we go to Taiwan, we must go to that specific bookstore. <laughs> And my daughter is beyond beyond excited. My son is like, okay, hmm, hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the boy. Anyway, so what what is that decision that you make you to decide this? Okay, now I found some interesting books to read.、Mm-hmm. And then you went on to develop that consistent and probably intentional reading, and then obviously that impact your life and career. So, how 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 did that happen? Yeah, great great question.、Um, early on, it was、uh, this company that eventually downsized me. I had a leader in in the the early stages of my career there, who was a bookworm himself, and. He、uh, was always reading something. I would visit him in his office, and he'd, he'd have a book in front of him. Yeah, he, he wasn't like some leaders where he discouraged you doing that at work.、Uh, you know, he, he around him, you kind of, you kind of almost wanted to get caught reading. You know, because that was that was considered a great thing to to spend your time doing, in addition to your regular、uh, job duties. And and he didn't frown upon that if you decided to do that at work. Assuming you're reading a book to to help you in your job and your career and your your area of expertise and that sort of thing or your personal、uh, development in general,、uh, and so he ended up starting a book club and inviting those who wanted to attend, and so we began reading together as a group、uh, books from some of those authors I mentioned、uh, earlier, and and not since I was a kid was I a part of something like that, and as a kid it was you know fiction,、uh, and here it was nonfiction, and so. These were books that I had no exposure to previously, and really got into because I was reading about things that I wanted to learn about. Unlike in school, marketing or public speaking and presenting and that sort of thing.、Um, and so I just devoured these books because、uh, I, I realized that I could learn. I could learn things I want to learn and not have to go back to school necessarily. Uh, to do that, I, I, for twenty dollars, I could buy someone's knowledge that might span decades,、uh, all in this one place and this one book that that I could distill and and put into practice and learn. And so, as I began putting the things I was learning into practice, I mean, sometimes they didn't go well. Sometimes I would fail, let's say, but those things would soon be forgotten. But when I would attempt something or put something into practice and it would click, when it it, it would succeed, those Instances began getting me noticed, in part because some things were succeeding, but also because I realized this thing I'm doing called intentional, consistent reading is something that most, if not all, of my colleagues, most of my colleagues, and other radio stations I was a part of, were not doing. And so I was setting myself apart just by doing、uh, this habit consistently and taking what I was learning. And putting it in, into practice, and again, that got me noticed and afforded me the opportunity to do things that I'm sure other people would have loved the opportunity to do. But those opportunities came to me in large part because of the reading that I was doing. Wow! Can you tell us about? I'm sure now the audience said that sounds awesome. 
And but what is your habit or your tip to develop that consistent reading habit? I mean, intentional reading. There's uh, three or four things that I recommend that you do to build a consistent reading habit. Um, and when someone comes to me and says they struggle with reading consistently, the first thing I ask them is, well, are you scheduling your reading time? And oftentimes they'll look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, you mean actually write it down in my calendar like any other appointment or meeting? And my answer is, that's exactly what I mean. Yes, yes, because as uh, our mutual friend Michael Hyatt says, uh, what gets scheduled gets done. And so the first thing I do is I look at my calendar and I build what I call an ideal week or what Michael calls an ideal week. I've borrowed it from him uh, because without first identifying what the ideal looks like, we'll have no chance of actually living an ideal week. Do I hit it most weeks? More often than not, no, but I get close because I've first identified what I want it to look like. And for me, that includes time set aside to read. And so I'll mark those times in my calendar, just like any other appointment or meeting and protect that time. Only if you're willing to do that, are you going to be able to begin the process of building this habit? I also tell people to always have your next book in the queue, reading one book, already know what the next book is going to be. That's especially helpful if you finish the book you're reading faster than you anticipated, or you get you know, a couple of chapters into the book and you realize, well, this book's not for me. I want to move on. Well, if you haven't already set that next book aside or determined what that next book is, you're going to waste time. You're going to, you're going to fall off the, the wagon, so to speak. Uh, examine your environment is a third thing. Um, I'm in my office right now and I have a reading chair behind me. That's where I, I do most of my reading. It's a comfortable chair. I can close the door. It's quiet. I can put on noise canceling headphones if I want to and connect them to an app like Focus at Will or uh, Adagio, which is an app that allows you to, to find or listen to classical music based on mood, which I love. And so those types of things, paying special attention to my environment ensures that I'm able to, to focus. And then the last thing I would say is as you're reading, share what you're learning on social media and ask for others' inputs and thoughts. This is going to begin a conversation that will encourage you and spur you on to read even more. It's almost like a, a virtual book club you're creating as you go. And that feedback you get is just going to push you to want to keep this habit a consistent one. I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, okay, before I got ask him actually the next question on my note, now I want to ask a question just for myself. Okay. <laughs> sure. So you guys just allow me to be selfish for a moment because <laughs> I love read with classic music. <laughs> so which app did you just mention? Yeah, it's called Idagio. Um, I, how, to, how do you spell that? I-D-A-G-I-O. I-D-A-G-I-O. And it's, it's not a free app. It's, I think it's maybe 10 bucks a month or something like that. But it's got a little flywheel in the center of it, and you just put your finger on it. You know, like the old iPods had that wheel on them where you dialed up your music. You just put your finger on that, and you move it around the wheel, and it, sh and it pops up, you know, relaxing, exciting, you know, all these different moods. And you choose the mood, and then you get served classical music based on that mood that you chose. Okay, guys, can you tell that we are totally geeking out? <laughs> just of all, read a book, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. So I 
I just cannot wait somehow that Jeff and I we can like meet in person one day. I hope so. I think we 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 can have a long coffee chat. <laughs> right. So, Jeff, that was very good, very very good tips. Now, personally, I'm struggling, and actually, a lot of my audience struggling these too. Say, awesome, Jeff. Now I got all that down, mm-hmm. right? I the now the next question is. After I read all these books, I intentionally to read,、mm. and I don't know what how other people do it. I've been trying for different things. Okay, I try to make note through like Evernote, or I try to even use different app that talk to each other. So when I highlight on my Kindle, and then they go to wherever, and then so then I can then they can go back to by search. I can I can find them and think. Yet I just did not find. Just like one easier path to make sure myself will really implement on those things、mm-hmm. I have read. So, can you show us how implementation、uh, is what it's all about? If we read and we don't do anything with the information, what have we gained? Right?、Um, they say knowledge is power. I say knowledge put into action is is power, and that's what we're talking about. Uh, here, so a couple of things I would share with regard to increasing the likelihood you're actually going to execute on what you read. I would start with、uh, massaging, if you will, how you currently take notes. Chances are you take notes the way I used to, and that was as I go, as I read, I take notes and underline and write in the margins or write in a pad of paper or what have you, things that I want to remember or execute on. Now I have sort of forced myself, and this is a good thing, to allow my reading to kind of flow uninterrupted, at least for a section, if not a whole chapter, and limit myself,、uh, Kelly, to just making simple marks that take no time at all. So, for something that I do want to remember and act on, I'll put a little asterisk or a star, and just continue reading, and not worry about it any more than that.、Uh, for something that maybe I'm I'm not sure I understand, or maybe I even question. Uh, whether or not I agree with it, I'll, I'll put a question mark and, and keep reading.、Um, if it's a quote that I think, or, or, or something the、um, author has said in an eloquent way that I, I just want to maybe use in a talk、uh, in, in some point in the future or some other way, just want to remember it, I'll just put a Q next to it. Now, when I get to the end of the chapter or the end of that section, then I'll go back to just those markings and I'll take notes and, and, and on those markings. So what I'm doing is, in one sitting, I'm just reading. I'm, I'm not trying to read and take notes simultaneously, or take notes as I go. I just read, and once I'm done reading a section or chapter, then I just take notes.、Um, I find that when I practice it that way, I'm much more likely to then act on the information because I'm being very intentional about how I take the notes. Now, from those notes, it's important that they don't just stay in our notes, especially those things you've starred that you truly want to act on. You've got to have a planner. You've got to have a system for taking those things and turning them into actions, into to-dos、uh, inside your planner. So I'll take those starred things、uh, and I and I make a list. I, I I keep a tally, a page just for the things I've starred in a book that I want to take action on. And then as 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 the days and weeks progress, I will gradually,、uh, a few at a time, move some of those things. Into my to-dos, into my planner, so that I'm actually、uh, acting on them.、Uh, when it comes to, you didn't ask about retention necessarily, but、um, this also helps with retention. 
And something else I've begun doing recently, uh, and, and this uh, just turned my world upside down. It's such a simple thing. I, I never was much of an audiobook listener unless I was having to leverage commute time to, for books, which I used to have to do. Uh, now I don't have a commute, so I can I, I have a little more freedom with when I read and I like physical books. But I more recently have begun to combine reading a physical book while the author or voiceover artist reads it to me from the audiobook version. And I'll speed up that audiobook version to one and a half or two times speed. It's almost like uh, cheating uh, your way to speed reading in, in one sense. You know, we can, we can listen, we can comprehend far faster than we can uh, uh, speak. And when we just sit and read a book, oftentimes, because we were taught to read out loud as kids, usually, we, we read each word aloud in our minds, and that can really slow the process down and make it almost laborious. But when I'm letting it, the person who voiced the book read it to me, as I follow along in the physical book, and I can speed them up uh, to one and a half or two times speed or what have you, I can get through a book much faster, and that speed leaves me with no other choice but to make some of those markings I was talking about as I go along. When the chapter's done, I stop. And again, that's when I take uh, more serious notes. So it's combining two mediums together. And the last thing I would say, especially when it comes to retention and increasing the likelihood you're going to take action on what you've read, is look for opportunities to teach the material. That forces you to really synthesize it and distill it down into its simplest form when you go to explain it to other people. That could be one-on-one. -on -one. That could be uh, in a meeting at work. That could be uh, more formally as part of a book club or maybe in a presentation to your local you know, chamber of commerce or, or what have you. Wow, I gotta try that then. <laughs> <laughs> to, come, 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 you know, to combine the audio part and the, the, the written text. Oh, I never try. I mean, I always do either all. Like, okay, when I'm in the gym, obviously I only go to audio. And then, so when I come home, I will flip, if it's a, it's a paper, a copy, not digital one, I will flip to where that I will just kind of listen to. So I never thought of combine those, huh? I gotta give a try on that. And what advice that you will give someone that struggling to remember or execute that they are reading? I mean, I, I, we kind of kind of told you, Sue, say, you know, how you do that. But uh, maybe I would say, I think people maybe is not purposely forget. I mean, when we make notes, we all would like to really, you know, uh, implement on those things. Will you say that after those tips you just shared with us, have you ever had those moments yourself? And how did you overcome them? I think maybe this is a better question. I definitely have, for sure. I, I've, I've had issues with, you know, I read about a book a week, which some people is not very much. I, I just sent an email yesterday uh, to my list talking about how I read 52 books a year and how you can too. And I had somebody write back and say, I read way more books than that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, good for you. That's awesome. But 52 books for most people is a lot of books, 52 books a year. And when you read that many books, um, and you're reading, you know, that regularly a book a week as I do, you're not going to implement everything. It's just, you know, life doesn't permit you to do that. And so you have to be very, very choosy with 
the things you are going to implement. Sometimes I do read, admittedly, I'm just reading for how it impacts my thinking. And so know too that you, you yeah. have freedom in that. Reading a, a business book or a personal development book or a mindset, whatever the topic is, doesn't always require things that I now have to go and do. It can, but you can also read simply for how it's going to impact the way you think, how the author thinks about something versus how you typically think about that particular topic or, or what have you. And so you know, give yourself the freedom to read with that uh, in mind. But I have had that struggle. What I find uh, when it comes to implementation, what I find that works um, really well is having a reading partner. If you can find, it doesn't have to be a, an official club, but if you can find one other person who is willing to read a book along with you, read a book on their own um, uh, that you're reading and then come together maybe once a week and have a conversation about it, uh, you've got someone who is likely then going to be willing to, if you say, hey, I want to implement these two things, can you hold me accountable to implementing those two things? That person's probably going to be more than happy to help do that, and you can do that for them. You can encourage each other. You can challenge each other. You can spur each other on to do things you might not have tackled on your own, left to your own devices, but having someone push you, you're more likely to. Uh, so that would be my recommendation there is find a reading buddy, a reading partner who you can meet with on a, on a semi-regular basis to talk through some of those things and who is willing to, uh, and you're willing to let hold you accountable to actually doing those things. That's fantastic. Um, here is the next question about something, uh, not about reading, but I just feel led to ask this question because many of my audience they are thinking of to start their own podcast. And they have seen that, okay, Jeff, and also um, other uh, guests on my show, that a lot of them, they have podcasts. And for you, we, I mean, just congratulations on eighth year. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment itself. So now if we go to your podcast, I mean, obviously you guys need to go read to lead podcast. We'll put the in a, a link in the show note. When they now see your show and they'll see, wow, it's all those very well-known uh, author, authors on your podcast. But how did you get started? I mean, how did you get from the beginning, you know, where you just get started? I mean, how did you invite those influencers, well-known leaders, and come on your podcast and then talk about their books? It, it was a little intimidating at first, uh, I'll admit, uh, asking people who, you know, who have plenty to do to come on your show that right now doesn't have any listeners, <laughs> you know, is, is a big ask. Uh, but I just, you know, was very humble about it. And I, my approach, and this, you know, this works for me, maybe it doesn't work for you, maybe it will. But I sort of, you know, the, the phrase sort of hat in hand, you know, I kind of approach them with, you know, this, this is going to benefit me more than it's going to benefit you. So let's just put that out in the open. We, we both realize you're doing me a favor, you know, by saying yes. And I'm just coming to you asking if you would be one of my first guests. I think highly enough of you that when I launch this show, I'd love to have you there at the beginning. If I could pick from anybody it'd be you, you know, I want you to be one of my first, you know, four or five, six, half dozen guests, whatever. Um, and I think if you approach it that way and recognize that when someone, especially early on says yes to coming on your show that has no listeners yet, 
they're doing you a favor. So in other words, don't do things like this. I see a lot of young podcasters reach out to someone, maybe it's someone well-known, ask them on their podcast. The person says yes. And the next thing the podcaster does is, okay, great. Here's my scheduling. Now, now go schedule it for me. They don't say it that way, but essentially you've said yes, you've done me one favor. Now go do me another favor and schedule the interview for me. Now, if, if you want to give them options, say, oh, that's great. Can you let me know what days and times work for you? Oh, by the way, if it's convenient, you can also use this link. Nothing wrong with that. But don't get one favor handed to you and immediately ask for another one. Uh, maybe they have a link that they want you to use. You know, uh, Offer to do that versus you know, forcing them to do yet another favor that may seem you know, simple to you. But it's one more thing they have to do. Another thing I see young podcasters do is somebody says yes, and then they ask the person basically to do a bunch of homework um, and, and you know things like bio and, and press releases and all these things. And again, there's nothing wrong with asking for those things, but you want to make sure your timing is such that you're not asking for one thing on top of another. You want to spread those things out. Or if it is a well-known person, those things are often readily available online, so don't be afraid to go and find them yourself. Is there a little bit more work involved in that? Yes. Uh, are some authors going to have all that material just all ready to go and can just shoot you a link to all of it? Yes. Uh, but depending on the person, that, that may be a lot of extra work to then go and, well, I got to get this thing for him. I got to get this thing for him. Um, you know, in other words, I didn't ask to be on this show. I said yes, and now I have to do all this stuff. Just you know, try to avoid those types of scenarios. Do as much of the work for the guest as you can, so that you know, realistically, if they can just show up, uh, and and that's it, and do the interview, then that's great. And and if you'll want, if you'll do that early on, I think what you'll find is you'll build a reputation. Uh, as an interviewer, people enjoy. As an interviewer, people tell others about. And so just think of those little things and, and be careful not to ask people to do too many things once they've said yes, at least in the early going, until you've built you know, more of a, of a reputation and, and, and a following. Okay, Jeff, I'm not young podcast, am I? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you've been doing a podcast for a little while, right? Yeah, five yeah, years. There you go. <laughs> okay, I'm just kind of half teasing. I still gonna ask him the question afterwards after we shut the recording. Did I do something wrong in our process? But I guess probably not too bad <laughs> because we were kind of met virtually yeah. and we just hop on a Zoom call first. Yeah. We did not say we, we did not have preconceived ideas what this conversation gonna exactly. go. Uh, for me personally, I just want to, you know, make a, make a good friend. Because mm -hmm. uh, since we both are in the, my Kim's founder magazines, you know, his page is ahead of my page. <laughs> so I thought, Jeff wants to be much better than me because he's ahead no, of no. me. So let me just, <laughs> let me just, you know, get to know him. Um, so, okay, you guys hear that. Okay. And I think I got asked that all the time. Kind of like, okay, Kelly, how did you get those well-known people on your mm -hmm. podcast? Uh, even in my art early days uh we have clay ramos crab we have uh chris Ducker, and we have uh the jld mm -hmm. you know johnny dumas 
and all those people and uh, and then um uh, Dan Miller, you know. On the top of how God work wonders, I'm just gonna say that. Um, and you guys all know that how basically God used Dan Miller to come to my hotel mm. room when we in a conference mm. before I even decided to say, yes, I'm going to have a podcast. Mm. So that is a thing. But then after that, it's really just like Jeff said, you know, uh, I asked humbly, mm. you know, I just asked, say, hey, tell them, say, what is this podcast for? Uh, would be honored that if you can, I think your message is so valuable for the audience and the coming up audience. Mm. So if you like to do that, uh, something like that. Yeah. And now let's talk about exciting part, the book, <laughs> the book, the book is coming yeah. in August and I cannot wait to get it, meaning paper, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I know I can get in the digital um, uh, easy mm. in Amazon, but uh, yeah, I mean, nowadays kind of just home is running out of space. That's my husband yeah. would say. We are running out of space for all your books. And so I try my best to buy a digital one, but when, well, books like this, I just need to get the real, mm. real copy yeah. in my hand. So tell us how the, this book happened and what is your expectation that you would like the readers to get out of it after they read this mm. book. Yeah, it's called uh, Read to Lead, uh, named after the podcast. And then the subtitle is The Simple Habit That Expands Your Influence and Boosts Your Career. And the book is in three sections. And, and section one simply makes the argument for why this needs to be a consistent and intentional habit. So if that's a place you're already at, good news is you can skip the first section. If you're already convinced, you don't need to read that. Um, section two then gets into well, how do I know what to read? What kind of books should I read based on where I'm at in my career and that sort of thing? And then the third section uh, gets to what, some of what we were talking about earlier. Um, that's how to execute on what you read, how to better comprehend um, and retain what you read, as well as um, reading more in less time. So it covers all of those, of those bases. Um, with regard to how it came about, um, I had a friend approach me. It's co-written with my friend Jesse Wisniewski. He and I wrote it together. He approached me a couple of years ago. In fact, it was like a couple of years ago this week or next week, I think, about the process or the possibility of writing a book together. Um, he had a different title for it uh, than what it turned out to be. But it was you know, the same uh, material, the same types of things we've just talked about. And I was very intrigued by the idea. It was right up my alley. And he, he, he figured that, but he didn't know if I would want to co-write a book. That to me was very attractive uh, because it meant I didn't have to write all the book. I could just write part of the book. And so that's what we did. We shared those responsibilities. Uh, some chapters he wrote all of, some chapters I wrote all of, some chapters we collaborated on. Um, and we created a book uh, like the kinds of books we like to read. At the end, there's an over to you section, uh, an invitation to here's what to think about and do next. There are recommended books at the end of each uh, chapter. There are um, uh, quotes from uh, various uh, leaders and uh, influencers throughout the book sharing how books have impacted them. And so it, ha it had all the elements. There is an epigraph at the beginning of each chapter. An epigraph is that that quote that kind of in one sentence sort of gives you an idea what the chapter is focusing on or sums up the chapter. 
so all those things are things we liked about books and we wanted to make sure were a part uh, of ours. And so um, August 31st, as you said, it releases uh, readtoleadbook.com uh, is the website. It's actually, if you pre-ordered, if you order it before August 31st, it's 40% off if you choose our publisher as, as the vendor you purchase it from. So 40% off the book and there's $500 in bonuses that come with your purchase. So your purchase ends up being $11, I think, something like that. And you get $500 in extra stuff. So that's again, if you pre-order uh, before August 31st and that address is readtoleadbook.com. Yes, and we surely put that in the show note mm. as well. So 40% off, that means you can buy more than one <laughs> copy. So no more excuse. I love that idea, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? So 40%, you know, that means originally you want to buy one, you can buy mm. another one and uh, to give out to the people you mm. care. So Jeff, I cannot thank you enough mm. for coming on the show today. And it's such an honor. Um, I mean, it just so awesome that I don't know as a bookworm, if somebody had a podcast for this and it's so successful, it just is so, so, uh, just so, so excited and happy about it. And uh, um, again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Well, thank you, Kelly, for having me. I had a lot of fun. I really appreciate the invitation. And uh, uh, thank you again for just letting me just share about the things that I love to talk about. Yeah, it's such an honor. How have you enjoyed the show? I hope that you take a lot of notes. Well, you can utilize how Jeff just taught us how to take notes and implement it. For all the goodies and links and Jeff's book, you can visit kellybother.com forward slash podcast to get it. And please consider grab a copy of Jeff's book pre-order so you can receive that $500 worth of bonus plus have 40% off if you order from his publisher, okay? So we will put all the links in the show note. I cannot wait to hear your testimonial after you implement what Jeff just said. Also, I want to give a shout out for Maria Archotus. I hope I did not pronounce your last name uh, incorrectly. If I did, my apologies. She took the time to give us a five-star review, and this is what she said. Great guest, great host. Thank you so much for the helpful tips. Well, thank you so much, Maria. We So far, we had 74 ratings from all over the world, and we're just so grateful for those 74 people that you took a moment and to do so. You had no idea how much love that we feel through your words and as you guys know producing a podcast isn't that easy it's a lot of time is labor of love if you have been listening to this podcast for a while and you enjoy it would you please take a moment leave us a review in the apple podcast so more people can find this podcast so we have more opportunity to make a difference thank you so much I will see you in the next episode. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment? Just drop a review on Apple Podcast. 
it will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. Please go to kellyballer.com forward slash review. Again, that's kellyballer.com forward slash review. We really appreciate it. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com. 